This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com family. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is presented by College Bar and Grill, 502 South College Avenue in Tempe, and online at ilovecollege.co. Now, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy, and I'm Tom Callahan. All right, welcome in, folks, another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast, uh, special podcast from last Sunday night. Tom Callahan's with me again, and Tom, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty now, right? It's another bye week for the Arizona State Sun Devils, and then it's off to Minnesota, and then who knows what happens after that point. I think we all know. Nobody just wants to officially say it. Right, right, and I, I think nitty was last week and gritty is this weekend. <laughs> I mean, that's how close we are now. Uh, last two games of the season coming up and coming off – um, I will call them both impressive wins for different reasons right. uh, against AIC. I think Friday night um, showed what they're capable of, and I don't know if AIC was surprised by them at all. I, I still have a hard time believing teams are surprised by Arizona State. I suppose it could still happen, but these guys have been ranked for pretty much all of 2019. Um, they've been in the pairwise consistently and keep moving up. I mean, you underestimate these guys at your own peril. Um, but so Friday night they came out and they took care of business. Saturday they came out flying. Right. And, and I wonder, you know, they were clearly running on emotions. It was a very good first period. And I wonder if there was a little bit of a letdown in there. Uh, certainly the penalties didn't help as we talked about on the podcast. It was, it was definitely detrimental. Um, but then they come back and went in overtime. And so, you know what, Scott, not every game is going to go the same way, and you are going to have to hold on sometimes. And there are just going to be teams that you just have to lash yourself to the rail, take everything the Storm's got, and then when it passes, do your thing. And they did that Saturday night. Well, I think we all talked about it. We talked about the Coach Powers just a few minutes ago. That first period was one of their best periods the entire season. Mm -hmm. They looked really good. Coach said that he thought they were just a... Um, a goal or two away from burying it. And he might have been right. If they get 4 nothing, maybe there's no chance of a comeback even at all at that point. But nonetheless, there was a comeback. There was some unique things that happened along the way in the form of penalties. 13 minutes, I think, consecutive of, of penalty minutes to kill. And it showed in the third period. They were obviously tired. Who wouldn't be? And uh, AIC laid out a great game plan to score a 6-on-5 goal, the first time that's happened to the Sun Devils all season. They tie it up, we had the overtime. Any doubt in your mind that the Sun Devils weren't gonna win that game in overtime? Well, there's always doubt. Uh, I think I've seen too much hockey to, to just assume that one team's gonna beat another team in an overtime situation, or even that there's gonna be a win in an overtime situation. That was actually my greatest fear is that we're gonna end in a tie. <laughs> um, and then we were gonna have to listen to Coach Powers talk about how he feels about ties. Um, but I mean, there was a lot of things that happened in that game, but you know, I was pleased from a standpoint of seeing Arizona State dig down and then come out and win the overtime because right. they did play so well at the beginning of the game. It almost got away from them. Um, they didn't bury it at that point. But, Scott, one thing that we've talked about is these guys putting teams away. Yep. Um, they did it in two different ways, Friday and Saturday. And it, like <laughs> yeah. I said, Saturday they had to hold on. But then they found that way to score that winner in overtime and put away AIC and come out with a huge victory. Um, you know, to end senior weekend in the home portion of the schedule. That was a huge, huge win as far as confidence and something they can draw on. Um, you know, maybe they go into the tournament, maybe they get up early and they're riding high on emotion. All of a sudden they find themselves in a tie game or down a goal late. 
they're going to have to draw on that experience. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the things that I've noticed from this team over past seasons is for a number of years, certainly last year, they had a number of tie games that either ended in tie or ended in a loss. This year, they have one tie, and they had plenty of games where it could have gone to a, an actual official tie, but I think that kind of breeds from their coach. Their coach hates ties, as we both know, <laughs> Yes. and I think they realize that this game can't end in a tie. We either have to win the game or we got to take chances, and if we lose, we lose, but I don't think anybody wanted a tie game. No, and that's... Again, I mean, part of the message, without me knowing, I mean, you sit right over the bench, but if I'm on that bench, I'm saying to the guys, hey, this is yet another building moment for this program. This is yet another hurdle, yet another uh, place where we can establish something new about ourselves and lay some foundation for things we can draw on later. And let's go out and win this game. Hey, it's tied. It's 0-0, zero, zero, essentially. You know, yep. no matter what the scoreboard says, it is a 0-0 zero, zero game for five minutes. Yep. Go out there and give it everything you've got for five minutes, and we should come out and win. And they did. Absolutely. Well, I made uh, reference to the quote for, that, that I heard personally from Jacob Wilson on the bench where he said, as they were getting to go into overtime, he said, hey, guys, all this means is that we get the next one, meaning we get the next goal. I guess. They did. did. They did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> sure and it worked out, but I was impressed by the confidence because this team – lack that confidence in years past and I think that was just from lack of experience but now they believe they can beat everybody and yeah. from a man down the list they, they they're not scared of any team out there that they might face down the road that belief is what's going to carry them and and I think we're seeing it now we saw it this weekend we will continue to see it the belief is what's going to set this team apart speaking of belief let's come right back and visit with our next guest Demetrius Komenzisa the man of the weekend, if we can, on senior weekend, the freshman stole the show. Absolutely. Looking forward to this chat. Stay tuned. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Welcome into another College Hockey Southwest Weekly. This guy's got a smile on his face, and he should. It was a big weekend for uh, Sun Devil Demetrius Kumanzis. So, Demetrius, first of all, congratulations on an outstanding weekend. Secondly, do you still feel like a freshman? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> definitely, it's still... Still nerve-wracking every time you step on the ice, but it's definitely this past three games have built some confidence for me, so that's been good, and hopefully I can take that for the rest of the season. Now, we're going to put this to rest right away because everybody's asked me. They said, we saw the Calgary Flames, who you're a draft pick of. Assistant General Manager Don Maloney was in the building on Friday night. You didn't know that, did you? No, I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. So, so tell us about this weekend. What Did you do anything differently? Was it just a breakout? Was it the way they played you? What gave you the success for the weekend? Um, honestly, coming back from RIT, I had a little confidence and just stuck with it through practice. I focused a lot last week, and I didn't try to overthink anything going into the games. And having senior week, it was a pretty special time, and I wanted to give the seniors that have put so much work into this program a good way out. So um, I don't know. I just think it was less overthinking things. And I, just, I know that's how I can play, and that's the way I should be playing the whole season, and hopefully I can end that way. Coach Powers said that he was extremely proud of you because last year at this time you were playing high school hockey. Now you're playing NCAA Division One. It's a big jump. 
So for you to make that jump and have the success now towards the end of the year, I asked you, do you still think you're a freshman? Still feel that way, or do you feel like you've got the experience now to, to carry some of the load of this team? Uh, I definitely think I have a little more experience, um, and hopefully I can. I, I hope to, and we've got some two big games coming up next weekend, and hopefully a tournament run, and that's where every guy is going to have to give even more, and hopefully I can give the best of myself and help this team get some wins. So. Now you led me into that. We're going into Minnesota, right? You played your high school hockey up in Edina, correct? Yeah. And uh, you had a chance to play in the state high school tournament. Yes. You know what that's like with 18,000 people screaming at you. It's not going to be that way at Mariucci, not no. quite. No. But uh, what's it like going in there wearing the other maroon and gold, if you will? Well, like you said, um, last year I was playing high school hockey at this time. Last year, at this exact time, I was playing in Mariucci to get to the state tournament. So. Being there again, it's going to be a different atmosphere. Um, no one's going to be for us. Uh, definitely not for us. Uh, I don't know, going in there, you know, they're the Golden Gophers. They're the, the state of hockey's team. So it'll be great to go up there and showcase what we've built. And um, I got a lot of buddies on that team, so <laughs> I'm hoping to get some two wins. You know, I talked to uh, some of your teammates, and the defensemen are going like, big ice sheet. Nah, let's, yeah. st let's stay here and play at Oceanside. <laughs> You're a speedy forward. <laughs> Big ice sheet, better, worse, same? Uh, I think our team will benefit, honestly, from it. It's, uh, it's you got a lot of more room to skate, and your legs are going to feel it for the first period. But I definitely think a line like Crow and Holsey and uh, all of our forwards, honestly, we're fast, we're strong, and I think we can use that to our advantage against their defense. Um, and we can beat them wide and just use it to our advantage because we love working in the corners and keeping it down low, and that, and that sheet's got a lot of room for that. You know, I talked to about uh, six months ago, I think, I said, I'm going to set a magic number of 22 wins for you guys to make the tournament as an independent. You're at 21 right now. So my magic number for you guys is still one win away. Can you get one win in Minnesota, or can you get two? I think we can get two, honestly. I think we can do it. I think, I think that's what we're, we've been building this whole year. And, and this is, I think this is the biggest series for us, not just because I'm from Minnesota, or, but they're just such a team that is so showboat. They're... <laughs> They're, they're what we don't want to be, right. but at the same time, they are. Uh, I mean, we want to be a team where everyone wants to go, a tradition, but um, they're, just, they're just in our way, I guess. That's a good way to put it. So let's look a little bit past it, and I know Coach doesn't want you to, but you're almost a lock for the NCAA tournament as an independent. It's something that hasn't been done for decades, uh, 1993, I think, with uh, an Alaska school that was able to do it. Um, are you guys prepared for one and done in a, uh, a regional tournament? Um, I think, like you said, it's, it's almost a lock, and I think that's the way we're thinking about it. I mean, we're going into Minnesota thinking about those games. But, yeah, I mean, if we make the tournament, I think, I think it's kind of just the same thing. It's just one game at a time. It's the same way we've been thinking about every game so far this season. We're never thinking ahead, thinking about the next game on Friday night and then the one on Saturday night. So after Minnesota, if we do get that bid to the tournament, all we're looking for is that first game, and we're going to try to win it, and that's all we can do. All right, two final questions for you. The first one is when you end this, week, this next weekend at Minnesota, you're going to have three, almost four weeks of downtime. Is that a good thing right now for you guys? I have no idea, to be honest. I've never been in this position. Um, I think it can be good and bad, depending on how we use it. I think we need to use it to our advantage, get rest, um, develop uh, hard in practice, just stay in that game situation. Everyone else is going to be playing, battling to get into the tournament, so I think it could give us an advantage on saving our legs. But at the same time, it's going to take us out of a game situation. So I think if we can keep that at practice and everything, I think we'll be just fine.
You know, the final question for you is I sit in the press box here at Oceanside right above your heads, basically. Yeah. So I get a chance to see firsthand how confident this team has gotten over the years, and especially this year. You guys played a game, ASC battled back. I think they got under the skin of some of your players, maybe all of you guys a little bit in that second period. But you guys kept rising up, rising up. And I saw some guys on the bench say some comments that showed me just how confident you are. Did you guys feel confident all the way through that that game was not out of hand, even though they were putting a pretty good rush on you? Yeah, I think I don't think we got a lot of help from the refs or anything, but I think you can't really make excuses, and that's that's what that's that's why we've had so much success this year is because our team is so, it's just one group of guys that is so they're there for each other, and I think there was a quote by Wilson like we're gonna get this next goal, like everyone was confident, like every time we get down we gotta stay confident, and that's how we win so many games, that's how everyone wins, you gotta. No matter what you're up or down, you have to stay confident in what you have, and I think that's the best way to put it. All right, final question. I lied to you. This one's about emotions. This team is very emotional, right? You guys play with a lot of emotions on your sleeve. I don't know if it's because you're trying to prove something still or not, but can you guys rein in the emotions a little bit and use it in a positive force and not, not take bad penalties when things get under your skin? Yeah, I mean, I think playing in our emotions is a good thing. I think sometimes it's not a bad thing to take a penalty. I know they, they went after our leading goal scorer, Johnny Walker, and our our um, our, other, our fourth line went out there and had a really big shift for us, whether they got one of them got kicked out of the game, but it, it put a lot of momentum for us, and I don't think they had a chance the rest of the way. So I think we use our emotions honestly positive. I th we have one of the best kills in the country, and if we take a penalty, we know they have our back. So I think overall, we just use everything to our advantage at this point. Demetrius, I think I speak for all the Sun Devils, and we're dying to see you on Olympic-sized ice. So let's, uh, let's go out there and do exactly what you did this last weekend, OK? Sounds good. Thank you. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, welcome back in, folks. This is another great edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. we got another special guest for you today. It's Greg Cameron with USCHO.com, the beat reporter who's covering the Arizona State Sun Devils this season and Tom had a chance to sit down with Greg and talk a little Sun Devil hockey and a little NCAA hockey and maybe even throw out a few predictions as where the Sun Devils might land in the upcoming NCAA tournament. All right, welcome in here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tom Callahan here with Greg Cameron from uscho.com and a uh, very popular college hockey website. I'm sure a lot of folks out there are very familiar with it, but uh, Greg, you've been covering this Arizona State, this team, this season as well talk to us a little bit about uh, just your opinion of the run the team's been on where they are right now and the level they're playing at well it's been phenomenal as you know uh this was something that came about very quickly very unexpectedly uh i myself only hopped on in december but as much as uh as much as you may think i'm not as familiar with it i covered this club team and when i was a student here i've been following the run yeah the things they do they go to ohio state when they're young and they pull out a shootout win they go to quinnipiac they pull out a win when they're young and uh, it, it's shown the growth, the, the things that Coach Powers has really cemented in their, in their minds, uh, all the mottos, all the, uh, all the mantras. They go, into, they go into these games now, they expect Ws, and I think that goes a long way to the coaching staff, the guys that have bought in, and uh, you know, they're, they're looking great for the NCAA tournament by, uh, by all math standards. 
uh, even with two losses in Minnesota, which I don't think I don't think anyone thinks they're going to come out of there winless. But uh, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be a very exciting next couple of months for this team. Well, let's split the personalities if we can between the journalist and the alumni. Let's go with the alumni <laughs> first because uh, that's an interesting perspective to have. Yes. Is that you know you've been following these guys because you went to school here, and that's a big reason why you know you're you're invested in this. So talk a little bit about maybe from that alumni perspective, seeing this program grow and what it's turned into. What does that mean to you? It means a lot. Uh, when I came here as a starry-eyed freshman, I never expected this. Uh, and being from the New England area, it's pretty special. College hockey's always been a, a big thing for me growing up, being able to watch those teams. Uh, the Providences, the Harvards, uh, you know, goes without saying, BUBC, I know all about that. Coming from that rivalry and uh, all those things, I think it's... Uh, very special that they were able to do this in, a, in an age where this isn't something that gets done anymore where you add teams where you balance that out adding them on the women's side as well and the success that the triathlon teams had uh the upstart lacrosse team all these new things that ray anderson's been able to do it makes me proud as an alumni and it's uh it's very, it's very special I, i'm glad i don't think it could have happened to a, a better western school to start does Arizona State still catch people back east by surprise, or is the cat out of the bag? It, it still does. It's, uh, it's growing now, and a lot of the things that are raising its profile uh, outside of the national media attention are some of the comments they're getting. Uh, today they just landed Danny Briere's son, Carson, I believe his name is, from uh, NAHL Johnstown, and they're uh, really starting to raise eyes with the recruits. The recruits are coming here. They know what to expect now. They know what this program is. Coach Powers has had no problem recruiting everyone here that has mentioned. Uh, coach Powers' experience with the club team has said, look, he's, a, he's an NCAA coach. He knows what he's doing. And the guys around him, Coach Mike Field, Coach Alex Hicks, he's got the right amount of experience, the right amount of uh, uh, judgment in terms of recruiting prowess around him. He's got it all figured out, and the recruits are figuring that out, and the Northeast as a whole is figuring that out as well. And, uh, that's one thing we can potentially look forward to when it comes to conference affiliation time, especially with some of those conferences having uneven numbers. Is that something you see uh, getting done by next season, as far as an affiliation? I know they'll be applying for things next season. I think they've made no secret about that so far. One of the things uh, I, I'd be willing to Bet though is that a lot of a lot of the conferences are gonna are gonna hedge uh, until that arena is done. Right. And we know now that 2021 is the is the date that that's gonna be done. Uh, I, I have I have full confidence that that's gonna be one of the one of the first things that happens this off season. Maybe earlier than the fall. Uh, we'll we'll see with what Ray Anderson gets done with the basketball stadium uh, and the rest of the athletic developments. But conferences are are paying attention now. And as much as Arizona State is an independent, and you know, the, the, the taboo about independence, uh, a lot of these conferences, they need Arizona State more than Arizona State needs them at this point. Well, it's hard to say that Arizona State's not a tournament team. If anybody, and I'm sure there's still doubters out there. I'm sure there are people who are in no way hockey in the desert is working. It is. They're ranked, um, you know, tied for eighth uh, in the in the pairwise right now as well. And uh, so. I don't know if it's a leap to assume they're getting in, but let's look ahead a little bit to the tournament if we could. And uh, just your thoughts on the Sun Devils heading into the NCAA postseason. 
Well, a lot of the bracketology outputs have them being a two or a three seed right now, which would present an even matchup with a team like Cornell, uh, a team like Western Michigan, maybe even a Denver. Uh, a lot of teams, uh, especially out west, that can match up very well with the Sun Devils. Uh, if you're playing in the NCHC every night and you draw Arizona State, uh, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun time for you. I think that's going to be a high-scoring affair. I mm. think that's. Uh, that's not going to phase the Sun Devils, certainly, but I think that they're going to be they're going to be ready on the offensive side. And uh, given the schedule that they've played, it wouldn't shock me if they ended up uh, in a regional out east, maybe making some noise. But if they did go to the West Regional in Fargo, I feel like they'd fit they'd fit right in there as well. Well, the mentality of this team all year has been, hey, there's no pressure on us. So uh, if they can keep that going into the tournament, that certainly bodes well. Yes, definitely. So, well, Greg, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. And uh, you can catch Greg, uscho.com, U-S-C-H-O, U.S. College Hockey Online. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to uh, tracking the Sun Devils team down through this run here, hopefully right through the Frozen Four. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, welcome back in. That was a great visit with Tom and uh, Greg Cameron from uscho.com. Uh, great visit. We'll be uh, right back to wrap things up with Tom Callahan and myself. Talking a little more Sun Devil Hockey here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hey, you want to get rid of that stink from the rink? Or maybe wipe out the smell of smoke, pets, or other household irritants? When you need an organic-based odor, bacteria, virus, mold, or fungus eliminated safely, naturally, and with no harmful toxins or residues left behind, call on OxyPow. For more information or to get in touch, visit OxyPow.com. That's O-X-Y-P-O-W dot com. Well, welcome back. We had a chance to visit with Demetrius Coleman's East. A great interview always. The, the kid uh, tells it the way it is. If it yeah. will, he's a freshman, but he's getting a little moxie now. He's feeling a little better, and he's shooting the puck, and good things are happening. You know, everybody loves the, the Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't yeah. take. Uh, and that's sometimes that is part of it, too. Even with rookies at pro levels or second or third year guys, sometimes you have to say, hey guys, if you have a shot, take it. You don't have to defer, in this case, to the juniors and seniors. Um, you have to be able to take the shot. You have to be able to make the play. Uh, you know, And it's not being selfish. You don't win if you don't score. Right. Somebody's got to score the goals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Johnny Walker obviously has a bunch of them, but beyond that, we've talked a lot about how balanced this team is. Uh, and there's times where I felt like, man, I wish that guy had pa not passed off and taken the shot in a certain situation. But, Scott, that's what comes with the maturity, with the experience, especially for the freshmen. Uh, like a Kumenzis, as you play more hockey, you get more comfortable, um, and your skills grow. I mean, you continue to evolve as a young man uh, who was just playing high school hockey last year. He's still growing physically. He's still growing mentally. Um, his game is going to get better and better, and as he believes he can score and as he can make those shots and make those plays, I think we'll see a lot more out of him. You know, I joked with him because there's only two NHL draft picks on this roster. It's Demetrius Kumenzis and of course Joey Decord. I think we know Joey and his plans. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't come back for a senior season just because I think he loves college and I think he wants to show everybody that you you do this a certain way and that certain way is you build a tradition by sticking around for four seasons and then you move on. Now again, dollars and cents can make a difference to a kid. Sure. But I really think it's gonna take an awful lot because Joey knows how good he is and Joey knows where he's going. 
Demetrius, on the other hand, I was a little worried because Don Maloney was in the building, right? He saw him perform at his best. Does he fit in Calgary sooner than before his four years are up? I don't know. Does he need to physically develop more? You've seen NHL, you've seen college now. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, guys are always going to be bigger, faster, stronger at the NHL level. And, and Scott, just to assuage the fears of ASU fans a little bit here, um, one of the things that actually favors Demetrius sticking around, uh, and I have no personal knowledge of this, so please don't take this as Bible truth, but um, he's he's in an organization that is having maybe a little bit of surprising success this year. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect Calgary to be this good. They are still young. Um, they've, they've got some pieces working together right now that I think, and I've watched them develop in the American Hockey League the last couple of years with the Stockton Heat. Yep. Um, that those guys have graduated to the NHL now. And so they've begun to go to the cupboard and the cupboard's bearing fruit. Yep. Um, you know, James Neal's hurt right now. He's the he, like the old man, if you will, of that team along with Mike Smith. But Mike Smith isn't even the starter right now. It's, right. it's David Riddick. And yep. uh, you know, James Neal's an important cog, but they've got scoring from other places. Oh, and it's the younger guys. Yeah, so it's, it's to me, Calgary is actually a really good organization for him to be in from the standpoint of another season or two spent wearing the pitchfork because I think the Flames um, are now no longer in a hurry to move their talent up because they've reached the NHL level, they're young, they're competitive, uh, and the Flames really don't have a whole heck of a lot of roster moves to worry about making and still be good for the next couple of years. Good point. So. Sun Devil fans, rest assured, you're gonna. You heard it from Tom. Demetrius That's right. is going nowhere for a little while. So, uh, and, and folks, I know we didn't just tie him up in the room and, and make him tell him. Right. Yeah. So we're uh, <laughs> we're all good with that. But uh, let's kind of peek into what lies ahead for this team. We know they're at Minnesota in two weeks or a week and a half now, in less than a week. Week and a half. Wow, yeah. it's close. Um, and then after that, they have three and a half weeks to sit around and wait for the 24th of March when they find out yep. whether they're in or out. Meantime, everybody else is going to be playing hockey and in your estimation, is that good or bad? And how does a coach handle a team with 24 days off? It is good for bumps and bruises uh, and recovery time and physical fitness. Um, and sometimes it can be good to get a break. I mean, these, these are college kids. They're going to need some time to reset. Um, Although in my experience, I think when a, a, a team has a long layoff like this, the first game or two can be a clunker. Right. Uh, and there's always that danger of not coming out fast enough. And sometimes we see these guys start slow a little bit. Um, they can't have that happen. No. You know, they, they will have to have it going from the get-go. Who knows, Scott, maybe that's the key to them getting off to a good start <laughs> is having 24 days off or whatever it'll turn out to be. Um, I worry about that. I worry about that. I think the layoff is good for the bumps and bruises. It's good to reset the brain a little bit. You feel fresh, but you can't stop working out. You can't get lazy. You do have to maintain at least that kind of focus. You've made it this far. Yeah. Just because you don't have a tournament to go to doesn't mean you take your foot off the gas. That's the hard part is keeping it fresh. And the other thing that, that we have to consider on this thing is that for people that don't know, and we've reiterated this a couple of different times, but the NCAA hockey tournament is a one and done. Mm -hmm. You get there, if, if your game is a Friday-Saturday weekend or a Saturday-Sunday weekend, that first game, if you lose that one, it's over. And 
I think that's a shock to some teams. Even though they know it, I believe it's a shock. And, and for some reason, I don't know that the Sun Devils feel that way. I mean, I think they've taken the entire season in a cliche mode of one game at a time, but they really believe it and have breathed it the entire season. So to me, that favors them. I think they're ready for that. That's why regionals are so interesting to me, especially third periods of regional games. Because if you want to talk about frantic uh, third periods when teams are down 3-1 to and go, this is it. This is the third period. Yeah. If we lose here, we're going home. Um, it gets it gets entertaining, yep. um, and it could also be nerve wracking depending on which side of that you're on. So, um, uh, but so here's <laughs> the thing with this team, though. How many times have we seen them? They do even yeah. Friday night against AIC. They were down one nothing, a buck thirty six into the first period. They came back and they won, yep. um, and that was it for AIC's offense. So, uh, it, almost in a way, it, it kind of oddly favors the way ASU has played all year. My so. thoughts exactly. Let's end it on uh, talking about the goaltender, Joey Decord. I, I was a little disappointed for Joey on Saturday night because the way they started, I was going like, oh boy, if this can be shut out number eight and he can pad his numbers a little bit more mm. instead of giving up four goals, it would have helped him individually. And I know he's going to tell you that he doesn't care, wins are the most important, and that's great. But for this whole program, I think it means a whole bunch to have some individuals popping up on the national scene as well. So I was a little disappointed for that, but Joey still got two more games to go out and do it. He's still leading in shutouts. He's still leading in wins. So your thoughts on Joey Decor being a former goaltender? I mean, well, Joey is at a point right now where you know he, he needs to help them close out against Minnesota these last two games and then play as he can in the tournament. I kind of think the whether it's dark horse or underdog or however you want to paint ASU, might help them a little bit for some of the award perception. Yeah. I don't know that it'll help them with the voting, yeah. um, but it'll help them with the perception a little bit because fans do like an underdog and they do like to glom on to the, the good stories. And I think we have a lot of good stories here um, in Tempe. So, you know, it, it, looking at Joey, is, is he maybe a sentimental favorite, yeah. uh, you know, to win a Richter? Yes. Um, I just, he's going to have to overcome, you know, some national bias, if you will, that is, is still there. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, the old established programs have those dyed-in-the-wool generational fans, and they're not going to be super accepting of, of hockey rising up out here in the Southwest. But uh, I'd, I'd love to see him at least make the conversation. I want to see him there in the end. I think he's in the conversation right now. Um, and I'd love to see it at the end of the regular season. You know, and we'll wrap it up on that, but one thing I do want to throw out, we had the, what right now are the four hottest goaltenders right here at the Desert Classic. I know we talked about it mm -hmm. before that these four teams were going to be pretty instrumental in who makes the tournament and how far it goes and who wins a national championship, but to have Hunter Shepard and Jake Keeley and Joey Decord and Dryden McKay, you got four, four of the best goaltenders from Minnesota State, UM, or, uh, UMD, mm -hmm. Arizona State, and Cor or, uh, Clarkson. Clarkson, yeah. All playing that well. And one thing that stands out in my head, and I know you as a goaltender, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this or not, so I'm going to throw it out there, but how can you not look at a guy that's made more than 200 more saves than the next competitor at the NCAA level? How come that doesn't carry more weight than that goals against or wins or save percentage? It probably should uh, because it, it might say that, well, either your team's not as tight defensively or you played more games 
whatever the case may be, if you've stopped 200 more pucks, I think it should weigh. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I would hope that people do look at overall number of saves, especially because the numbers are just as competitive. So I think that would indicate a better campaign, but nobody's asking for my vote right now, Scott. <laughs> so until I get that media vote for the oh, awards. Oh, wait, is that a phone I hear ringing? Yeah, that's <laughs> not my phone. So, yeah, but uh, no, I think it should. I agree. We're getting down to this last weekend in Minnesota where conceivably, let's hope not, but conceivably Joey could save a thousand pucks in one regular season of NCAA college hockey. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. That's a lot. I'd like to see him not get there, but it'd also be kind of cool if he did reach the milestone. Well, that's it for, uh, for another great episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly, live here from the uh, beautiful Oceanside Ice Arena, Studio 3, let's call it. Studio 3. So hopefully next week we're going to be in Studio 3, and then we're going to start you uh, on our countdown, uh, as I like to call it, hashtag Buffalo Bound. I like it. We start bringing this team to Buffalo. I know you have a personal feeling. You'd like to go to Buffalo. Sure. Sure. I got <laughs> Mom and Dad there. probably right. want to say hello. Yep. So uh, we'll, we'll hope that the Sun Devils keep moving that direction. And, and stay tuned with us if you uh, want to jump on board. Our bus is big. There's a couple of us and some sponsors on right now, but we got room for plenty more. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? This is going to be an exciting finish for these guys. And like you said earlier, nobody's saying anything yet, but I mean, it's got to be so hard to ignore them to not get in the tournament. Now's the time to really get behind the Sun Devils team. Absolutely. So for myself and my co-host and our great sponsors, we want to thank College Bar and Grill for jumping on as our presenting sponsor. Of course, our friends over at Behind the Mask. And I'm going to let you run away with Oxypow because you're the Oxypow guy. You I feel like I'm turning into the spokesman. I do. I, All I, right, folks, that's another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. I want to go ahead and thank my guest today, Demetrius Comanzis, the freshman forward for the Arizona State Sun Devil hockey team. also want to thank our guest, Greg Cameron, with USCHO.com, the beat reporter for them covering the Arizona State Sun Devils. So for um, my co-host, Tom Callahan, I'm Scott Strandy saying goodbye and good night.